Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. I wanted to do something a little special today. One of the things I want to do is I want to have all of our Let's Chat Club members come on as a guest. We've done video stuff with all everyone on our YouTube, but I want to have everyone come on and do a proper Let's Chat, so I'm working my way through. And then I thought, you know, it'd be really cool to just kind of do like mix and match of different pe- podcasters. So then I was thinking to myself, I've known Jason, a.k.a. The Vern and Dwight, for years, like for years, like maybe five, six, five or six years, maybe even seven with Dwight. It's, it's for a long time. Like these are two of my oldest podcast friends. And like, I know they know of each other. I don't know if they've ever actually met. I don't know if they've ever interacted, but I, you know, I know like we're in the same circle and I was like, man, it'd be fun if I have my two, two of my favorite people on earth from the podcast world, come on and do one episode and I get to hang out with my buddies. Uh, side note, bef- we recorded this episode before Rhode Island Comic Con, so uh, our last episode we do a recap of Rhode Island Comic Con. This was recorded before, so uh, since this is recorded, I've met the Vern in real life, and we had the best weekend. Shout out to Ashley, who flew out from uh, from Minneapolis with uh, the Vern. We had the best weekend. Uh, Rhode Island Comic Con was just one of the most expen- uh, amazing experiences of my entire life, and we actually went karaoke, and I've never done karaoke at the Boombox. With uh, Vern and Ashley, they put some videos out. That was super fun. Those are all on our uh, Facebook group page and stuff. We should put those on Insta. And then Dwight, God, we used to be on the same network. We used to do uh, TV at My Brain together on Quartet Bard's network, covering uh, Mr. Robot. Um, you know, he's someone who's become a, a podcast and a personal friend like the Vern. Uh, I recently did, the last time I was on his show, was pretty recently just kind of talking about like my PTSD and my uh, what an EMDR therapy. Um, you know, last year, this time last year, I had a client take their life, and that was really hard. And Dwight was one of the first calls I made because he works in the field and he knew what's up. And um, you know, these are two people that we started off as like just dorky podcast dudes, and now they've become like my actual real life friends, and I absolutely love it. So this is a really fun episode. Um, I'll do a quick little housekeeping, and we'll get right into it. So uh, so now considering this episode and going forward, we are going to start putting all of our episodes out one week early on Patreon. Thank you to the Vern, who's actually uh, joining uh, the Let's Chat team, so we're super excited to have him. And um, so if you want to hear episodes early, that's one way. We also, Dwight and I do another podcast called Let's Chat Zeitgeist, where if you join to Patreon, uh, Dwight and I get together weekly and discuss the current state of cop culture. We're going to do a ton more, sending out merch and whatever you want. It, what, what do you want? Let us know what you want to see in the Patreon. We're, we're looking to make this happen for you. We are really, really, really excited about this. Um, So if you are a fan of ska music, our next few guests are ska-themed. We were going to be having, it will be Sean P. Rogan, who is the founding member and guitarist for Big D and the Kids Table. We will also be having Dave McWayne will be on for another, a future episode, the lead singer of Big D and the Kids Table. That was thanks because of Sean, so thank you for that. That was awesome. And Matthew Stewart from Streetlight Manifesto and Sonetta are returning for their second appearance. And you can see uh, Streetlight Manifesto is in Boston in December. I'll, we'll, I'll definitely be there. And the following day, that Saturday, the Front Bottoms are playing with Piebald. Our past guest, Colin from Entropy... And uh, Dana Bolian from Two Week Notice Podcast, you know, Piles man- uh, Tour Manager, are going to be there right in Providence. So hopefully I'll be at that show as well. 
keep the conversation going. Join our uh, Facebook community, which has been really fun. We'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you to our sound engineer, Robbie, for this episode, our editor being Vern. And if you want to hear any of those um, previous ep- those episodes uh, a week early, join our Patreon, and we're looking forward to having you. Anyway, um, I was also recently a guest on the Peer Pleasure Podcast, which is really fun. If you uh, Peer Pleasure Podcast is a really great like uh, music podcast hosted by Dewey Halpas. He is an um, anatomy of the ghost in Portugal, the man. And um, he'll be coming on this show pretty soon because I think we're buddies now. But we talked about his episode of um, I got to cover a Zach Blair Rise Against, which was really, truly an honor. And um, man, that was awesome. So we're on at Let's Chat Podcast and all the things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our Facebook community has been really kind of where it's at. We're posting everything there first. It's really growing. It's really fun to see. And um, hey, anyway, let's get to it. Okay, so I want to give you both the reason why I wanted to have you on together um, for a a myriad of reasons. Um, You're both two of my oldest podcast friends. I don't know if you guys knew that. Like, when did we all meet? Like, damn, I don't. But I know you guys. Like, I consider you like my peers. Yeah. No, well, you too. I mean, earlier in the 2000 teens. um, I was under 50 episodes when I met you both somewhere down Mm -hmm. the line. It's Very funny because I know you and I, Chris, talked about this recently of like, do did we meet? We didn't meet through Core Temp Arts because it was before we both Twitter. joined up on Core Temp Arts. I think it was just Twitter, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Twitter. Uh, for all the harm Twitter's done, it did that. <laughs> I know I spoke with you yeah, Chris on the Lambcast. I think that was probably the Yes, I remember that. We did a bunch of stuff early on and I remember that we met. Yeah. And then Is that where we met? I believe so. I think through uh, Dylan Fields, formerly of uh, Man I Love Films, and he was the former host of the Lampcast. The Lampcast is the large association of movie blogs. Uh, and I know we did a few episodes there, and then you were starting to show this after your partner already left, and you just yeah. had me on just uh, bullshit about movies. And then I had you back on my show to talk about. Uh, favorite childhood movie moments, and then we just kind of went back and forth and just started doing other things. And then you started up this podcast network with Bree, and yeah, it's been on, and it's, it's yeah. been a ride. Well, so, for anyone who doesn't know, like, so I had started the show in 2013, uh, and then was going pretty hard for about four years. And then when my wife, uh, when we had our daughter, um, my, my wife had a really traumatic birth, and I basically kind of quit the show without telling anyone. So like, and but I knew you guys from even before then, and so like in my head, absolutely, like two, yeah. There's like this version for me in my my personal life. There's like before you know the kids before Felicity after Felicity, but you were like some of the peers from that era that I lost touch with a lot of people from back then. But you two were kind of like some of the group of people that like I kept in touch with over the years, and like mm-hmm. and then like once things we started to kind of take it, I decided to like take this more seriously. I don't want to say take it seriously, try to actually build this into more than a podcast. Like you guys were my, some of my first calls. I was like, I mean, I got burned. I know I've told you this, but like there was a period when I quit, but didn't tell anyone. And like, 
you like you were one of the nicest people on Twitter. Like you were always just super always kind and supportive and oh, like thank you. Uh, like I remember there was one time being like, ah, I'm done. But all right, I gotta put out one more episode. I had one episode I wasn't gonna put out. I was like, well, I know Vern's waiting for it. Like you became like this like person in my head, be like, <laughs> do, like when things got really hard, I was like, Well, at least one person cares, and that was enough to kind of carry it on. And then it's cool because now we've all got to work together on like a professional level. Like, isn't it cool? Like we're all just a bunch yeah. of hobbyist podcasters who now have like we work together and separately within the industry as a whole. Yeah. Like overnight we all became the, like we went from just like the noobs, like to like literally elder statesmen overnight to the preeminent podcasters in the field that we are now. There's basically right. There's like Scott Ackerman, Mark Marin, Jesse Thorne and us. <laughs> uh, you, you guys have, you know, way just more kidding. special equipment and, you know, way more of an audience than I do here. I, I don't know, man. You got a pretty, you're, you have a really, really, really good audience. Yeah, the people like who, uh, the, the cinema recall fans, like whenever I've gotten to go on your show, like, like, I think all of us don't have numbers, but like when people listen, like when I've appeared on either of your shows, I've taken so many of your followers. Like, oh, really? like okay, nice. I love yeah, it. Like, I, like, I, I, I know for a fact I could be like, yep, I, they found me through here, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like our, our, our audiences are all super nice and cross over really nicely together. That's cool. a blessing right there. Yeah. And I really try my best to uh, help promote other shows that have been on uh, or have been a guest on my show. Like recently, I've had on one of the hosts from the Film Fluence podcast, Kiati. And the basic premise of the Cinema Recall is to have guests come on. And please, I hope you two come on the show to talk about a movie they really love, a moment from the movie they really love. And then we're going to add out that scene and I'll add in like sound effects and music. So I had Kiati on the show to talk about Clueless and we performed a scene from there. But before she was on the show, she tweeted out like, what am I doing wrong? You know, I only have like, you know, less than 100 followers. We have these episodes out. And so I looked at their episodes feeds and I saw you only have five episodes up right now. It takes a while for followings to happen with podcast shows, but don't give up on it. I listen to a few of your shows. Uh, you and your host, Cody, have some really great chemistry with each other. So just keep working on that. And then you just try and give tips like the whole fall and Friday uh, share other people's posts. That seems to help out a lot too. Uh, but just make sure you put out the content that you want to put out. I think that so many like podcasters, they try to do stuff what other people want. And they try to release content they think will get them the hits. But if you release the stuff that you want to listen to, then the hits will kind of come to you. Don't yeah. worry about what other people... And it's hard to get into that, too, because you see what's trending, and you're like, oh, I should talk about this topic right away because it's trending right now. But that's not necessarily going to give you the listens. I don't know, Dwight. Do you find that to be true or not? I do. Yeah, I mean, I know for me, I, I am one of those that sort of subscribe to the philosophy that that you know, create the kind of show that you want to create the, the whole thing about the podcasting medium is that, uh, especially when you're doing it at kind of the level of, of being an indie podcast is that 
people are looking for you and you're looking for them is, is kind of my philosophy. There's an audience mm-hmm. out there and your audience is going to like you. I, I don't know about you guys, but I belong to a lot of these podcasting groups on Facebook yeah. and about every uh, third post. Now it's funny because you have people who are new who, who, you know, the, the most common posts you see on there, are what kind of equipment should I get? Um, uh, uh, how many downloads should I get? How do I promote my podcast? That kind of stuff, normal stuff. But one of the things that I always kind of chuckle is like every third or fourth post seems to be somebody saying, um, what, uh, what kind of are your pet peeves of, and I'll just say, I'll, I'll go on the record here. I'm not a fan of that question. They'll say, what are your pet peeves about other or about podcasts? What makes you stop listening? And it's like, you know, then it's just a bunch of creative people bagging on each other, which I don't really care for. But one of the things that comes out of those discussions is people will say they'll pick on a thing. And sometimes it's, oh, if there's too much banter, I don't like it. And then someone else will say, oh, if they don't have any banter, I don't like it. And it's funny how people don't really pick up on this where if for every complaint people have about a podcast, there's other people who that's what they like about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I think it's really true. You do the kind of show you want to do and you trust the the people the, the people you're looking for are people who are going to enjoy you and be your audience. You're not, and then you can work with them. I mean, you build a community and they're like, gee, you know, Chris, I wish you would stop with all the alt-right QAnon stuff. And it's like, okay, well, my audience doesn't, you know, um, you know, Chris's audience doesn't care for some of his extreme right-wing views. Just waiting for Chris to rebut. No. <laughs> or when he goes on and on about the moon landing never happened or flat yeah, earth, whatever, all, you know. It's all me. Yeah. That moon landing was the greatest thing Kubrick ever shot. <laughs> that, that was like beyond amazing. I mean, forget about Did you, on Space Odyssey. Oh, I got to remember the name of this now. Uh, now that I'm here, I'm going to start the tangenting. Uh, so half the people the won't like that. But do you. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two sides to every argument. It, literally two sides, top and bottom for the flat earth. But um, no, Jason, you're a movie guy. Did you see there was a Sundance movie a few years ago? And I'm trying to remember the name of it. That actually, it was one of those fake documentary styles, not not a not a humor, is not com- not comedic, okay. um, and it it was under the premise that what if two guys from the CIA really did fake the moon landing um, oh. in order to bolster national, and it, it was basically told as if this guy who was a CIA agent analyst was also obsessed with filmmaking, and so he was filming himself through this process. So it was essentially these two guys and a filmmaker. Oh, gosh. What was it called? This sounds like a comedy with uh, Sean William Scott and Luke Wilson. That's the thing is it sounds like yeah. that. But no, it was very much done in a serious tone of like okay. and it just kind of showed how it spiraled. Like the the premise was that it just kind of spirals. They started out as, you know, we could do this. Oh, we could. And they sell it to their superiors and. Then it gets a little bit more, a little bit more. They get a soundstage. And and then there's like some agents that they're, they're being followed while they're doing this. Um, and it sounds, uh, uh, it sounds fascinating. It was it was really kind of interesting. The thing that I thought, though, as I was watching it is it was so kind of uh, you kind of went along with it step by step. Like, oh, I can see this is now spiraling. And at the point where it's it's released to the public. They're kind of like, uh, oh, what did we do? Right. There's this kind of feeling of like, we did that. Oh, and 
Oh, there's and, and spoiler for anyone who doesn't want to know. Do you want? I mean, I don't know if you guys uh, care. You spoilers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, spoiler of a movie that I can't remember the name of that uh, <laughs> I promise the exists. Sean William Scott uh, movie that <laughs> yeah. will be coming yeah. to theaters in we'll the be, future. Thank it's... you, beautiful pictures. An idea, <laughs> by the way. You can pay me royalty rights. And also, um, if you have less chat royalty rates too, because I was on this show. <laughs> it's. Uh, hey, oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got it. So, in the end, uh, in the end, what happens is that one of the guys gets it gets killed. Like the main guy who's doing it. It's Operation. It looks like it's Operation Avalanche. That's the name of it. Um, Operation Avalanche. Okay. Yeah, that's the name. I just found it. 2016 American Canadian found footage slash conspiracy thriller. It's basically that's what it is. So Operation Avalanche. It's all right. It was it was interesting to watch. But here the whole point is, uh, you kind of one of them like dies of a fake suicide, and the other one goes on the run. Essentially, um, he's supposed to meet his handler, and then this car comes. He recognizes them from earlier, following, and he he just runs off. And you have the idea that he buried this footage somewhere or something, you know. So uh, the it doesn't really go anywhere other than but but it has this thing where it's like they're like oh no what did we do this is kind of a little intense but the thing I thought was it was an interesting project it was good and I'm a big fan of all this kind of fiction that kind of fiction but I kind of wondered if it was irresponsible to make does that yeah, make sense I, I hear that I don't know it's, it's a hard thing to say too because I know yeah. a lot of people believe that stuff as as long as the movie is responsible about the message that they're trying to convey. Like, hey, folks, here are two guys that actually did try to fake the moon landing. You know, we know that's not actually true, but here's like a true thing that... Mm. That's the thing. But yeah. you know there's knuckleheads that'll be like, see, that's of how it course. happened. Yeah. But I guess that's always true, right? People will take anything they want to take from any type of media and use it to their own advantage. That's happened for many, many years. It seems to happen more and more now with social media. People can take a whole bunch of clips from other news sources, use them out of context, and present them as facts. But yeah, you see, it says on this thing, and I'm like, yeah, but you only use like half of that person's interview. Or yeah. we have no way of really telling what's real and what's not, especially now because all the editing tools are now on our phones. And it's sure to do stuff like that and yeah. present things as and whatnot. I, you know it would know be so cool for that movie if like that movie ends and then the last thing you reveal that it's Sean Connery from The Rock and then it ties <laughs> those together <laughs> and that and that's the you know remember and like that's that, the that's secrets the, that he had co- that he had covered. <laughs> like, yeah, and then like at the last <laughs> note, and then we can make another movie post The Rock with uh, Nicolas Cage and his the the wife i don't remember Girl yeah wife. that's the end of the rock isn't it where they yeah. find spoiler alert yeah. where they find the secret footage from uh yeah can't, yeah can't that would be a fun movie to be honest like i would watch the hell out of this you know that aspect of the the movie the rock was to me far more interesting than what was in the movie the rock i mean I hard to disagree yeah. i think it's perfect I want to know this right now for both you and uh, Dwight and Chris. So at the end of The Rock, when they find, you know, about the assassination of Kennedy, does that lead into National Treasure? Is Whoa. The Rock a prequel to National Treasure? So can we can connect all of these movies together now? It goes to the, the, the Dwight movie to The Rock to National Treasure? Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen National Treasure, but it does now. You've never yeah. seen National Treasure? 
I will if uh, someone invites me to the podcast to talk about it. That's the only reason. The only reason to see something is if you're going to do it on a podcast. I understand. I think after National Treasure, uh, both uh, um, uh, I don't know the character's name from The Rock, but both uh, Nicholas Cage and his girlfriend, uh, they go off to a cabin, and then the movie Mandy begins. And see, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen Mandy. Mandy. Oh, Mandy's a trip. Yeah, Brian's like a, the movie buff of the three of us. That, like, that, you're like you're a you true cinephile. Visual, just dream slash nightmare. Oh, uh, that's that Nicolas Cage one, right? Where where there's like some kind of weird horror in the woods kind of thing? Yeah, he's all, yeah. He's all in the woods with his girlfriend. And then his girlfriend gets <laughs> kidnapped by the Satanists. And he has to get revenge on them. Nice, uh, it's nice. Just, it's, a, it's a very slow beginning. The beginning is really kind of slow, yeah. you know, teases time, establishing characters and mood and visuals. And then it just starts going more and more crazy when it starts going to the French thing. But it's very colorful. I can't pronounce the guy's name, but I know he did another movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow. And I'm, I'm looking up right now. Uh, Panos Cosmatos? Yes, that's him. I'm not sure yeah. if I'm saying that correctly, but... That's probably much more better than I am doing right now. But yeah, just, <laughs> so, when you guys describe the rock and then, you know, natural treasure added into freaking Mandy and hearing that Nicholas Cage is not going to retire from acting makes no, me no. a very happy person. That, have you guys seen Paige? He's in a lot of financial problems. Yeah, well, he's well he traditionally knowledge. has. I don't know if he still does, but he just also loves to work, I think. And yeah. And the yeah, other thing that they say about Cage is that uh, even when he will work for something that seems silly or when he sometimes he'll even hook up with like indie filmmakers who are young in the in the game, he'll uh, he just gives I mean, you can see it. He gives his all to everything. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's silly. Doesn't matter if it's a masterpiece. He's just all in. And I, I really respect that about him, actually. Yeah. I think well, he's one of our best actors, to be honest with you. I think he's really yeah. good. Uh, no, I no, I gotta I gotta check that one out. What do what do you have to say? Uh, I have heard that it's very good. That Pig is very beautiful. Pig is good, but here's the weird thing about Pig. Everyone, when Pig came out, people were like Nicholas Cage is back, you know. And I'm like, where did he go? He's been around for quite a while. He you may have not seen the movies that he's yeah. made. He makes twenty this, movies a year, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Didn't you win anywhere? You just happen to like this particular one. Yeah. But his acting style hasn't really changed, really. Mm-mm. He's still Nicholas. He's still a good actor. You may think, well, he's not going to be doing the wild, crazy persona. I'm like, the reason why Nick Cage has a wild, crazy persona is because that's kind of part of the script. It's part right. of the character. You know, Nick Cage doesn't come into a studio and be like, all right, guys, here I am. <laughs> I'm going to do crazy stuff about <laughs> guys. <laughs> I saw Richard Nixon right now trying to do Nick Cage. Horrible. It was good. I thought he I thought he dialed into the call. I thought that's what Chris was doing when he pretended to adjust the, the call was sending the link to Nicholas Cage. So I have an idea for this podcast that we usually don't do on here, but I think this is the right crew to do it with. Let's create a conspiracy theory that connects all the Nicholas Cage universe. Like you've ever heard of the West Vault theory that all television takes place in the uh, mind of the little autistic boy and St. Elsewhere? She, and you yes, can track, yes. We need to figure out. We need to right now write a version of that that can connect all of Nicholas Cage's work. Cool. And I'm going to put this uh, solely on you guys. So uh, you yeah. So the extended the extended, extended Cageverse. How are we gonna How are we gonna approach that? That's a good question. 
my my brains got broke. <laughs> hey, that's on my show. <laughs> well, so we got to say, do we want to go? I, I would say the first thing we got to do is we got to suspend age and date of filming. We get We just probably have to do that, right? Because we got to go thematic, thematic hookups. Uh, we have to be able to suspend how old he is and we can't go in chronological order. Um, or else that's not going to be as fun. Basically, that would be my criteria for that rule. Mm. I think I figured it out. You start with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Sure. Because that automatically gives you multiverse. So maybe maybe in the multiverse, it pulls in all the Nick Cage movies. So does that – that would mean that all of them are variants. Uh, if I'm using Loki language, all of those uh, characters then would be variants of Spider-Man noir. <laughs> you know what? Hold on. That tracks. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Resident Arizona face off. That could totally be a variant. Well, and see, here's the thing, too. Do we need them? If we're going to open it for them all being variants, then they don't really need to connect all that much. So I, I, I guess one of the thoughts I was going to have is if we're going to make an extended Cageiverse, do we need them all to be the same person or are some of them variants, alternate dimensions or twins or, you know, how bad, how, how uh, crazy can we break here? God, I love, I love. I mean, it's Nicholas Cage, so we can get pretty crazy. (laughs) I love being very serious about silly things. I want to see. I mean, I mean, Bad Lieutenant, uh, Port of Call, New Orleans is going to be the one that uh, fits in uh, (laughs) to the craziest part. I think. What what do we do with Family Man? We're fucked. Family man, yeah. Sort of like iconic actors or like actors that we think would be good in like multiple roles like we know that nick cage can probably play himself in multiple roles um do we have like any other actors that we feel that would be good in multiple roles like one actor that comes to mind for me is tilda swinton hmm. oh yeah nobody whitewashes like tilda <laughs> i'm just kidding i love Tilda. oh it's putting tilda like swinton this. on blast wow <laughs> no, I, I love tilda i just don't love that movie very much, but I'm starting to like it more because they're re- it's Marvel. So what, Doctor Strange? Oh, Doctor Strange! It, it just wasn't my favorite. I like it. It's just not the one I go back to. It's really favorite movie. Yeah. No, I like him better than all the others. Actually, all the other appearances of Strange are more interesting to me. Although visually, I really liked when they were twisting buildings and throwing sure. the city at each other. But, uh, but back to yeah. your question, Tilda. I think Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Sure. No, he's too I handsome. That. I think that's the key. he's too handsome. That might not work. Uh, as far as what's the question really is playing various like who yeah, who can you put roles. into different roles that they do you mean like they disappear into the roles or well, you know, it's something they can play multiple roles like Bob Tilda because she played like three different parts in the new Suspiria. Mm. Okay, and so I I just kind of think of other actors that could play like multiple roles. You know, I, I think. I, I kind of think that, you know, even though Brad Pitt... <laughs> Any Norbits at all. Yeah. It's, you know, the handsome guy. I think Brad Pitt can play like, multiple uh-huh. roles. Brad Pitt's a good one. Uh, I would also say, although I don't see him doing it as much, but Paul Giamatti is pretty good that way. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> when they've pulled him into things. I mean, uh, although the most, the most baffling was his appearance in, in Jungle Boat just recently. Or Jungle Cruise or whatever that was called. Yeah, I saw that. Um, he was in it. That was weird. He was in it for like 30 seconds. It was a very strange choice. Yeah. It was not a good movie. 
I no, I I didn't care for it all that much either. I was I was a little let down after I was so excited with Cruella. And and actually, yeah. you know what? That's another one. Emma Stone. Yeah, I mean, Emma especially Stone. after seeing her in Cruella, I'd like to see her. Uh, you know, she's had a bunch of roles. Was that good? Oh, Cruella? yeah. I loved it. I, I really loved it. I don't know about good. you, Jason, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, I know. It was great. It was yeah. good. Yeah. I really liked that one. Yes. Yeah. That was one that's. Uh, uh, hopefully, because, uh, wait. Because I know that Disney really wanted the Jungle Cruise to be like their big selling point. And then Fox came out with Free Guy, and Free Guy just took over the whole box office market. And I'm pretty sure Disney, like, fuck, I wish that was ours. Mm. But it, yeah, but Free Guy was really good. It was. I haven't seen it yet. You, you, you fucked up by seeing Jungle Cruise first. <laughs> <laughs> Free Guy was awesome. Like, yeah. It, it's better that's out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, even my, my name, my, my real name is Jason, but I do call myself the Vern. <laughs> yeah, no, kept throwing me for a loop. I'm like, who's oh, Jason? Yeah. Oh, I keep wait, calling you Jason. Sorry, it's Facebook wait, here. Wait, I, you're the name Jason. But wait, oh, that's that's me. I, okay. So I should be saying like, so the Vern. What do you think uh, about uh, you know the you extended me, Jungle Cruise verse? So the weird thing is, Dwight, is I've got friends of mine that still call me Jason. I got friends of mine that call me Vern. See, the whole Vern name happened when I was in like junior high, and it just kind of stuck with some people. Another people yeah. still call me Jason, so it's whatever. It was when uh, it was when that guy Ernest kept hassling you. Uh, yes, in, I know. There's a reference to a really old series of commercials that's that launched. <sighs> My my daughter my daughter saw Ernest Scared Stupid uh like last year. It's a friend showed it to her and she was like just trying to describe it to me. She's like, We saw this movie, it's really weird. It was like this guy Ernest. And I was like, Oh, you don't even know. Scratch the you've scratched the surface of the Ernest verse. But she uh no, she liked it okay. It was just silly. But but you know, a lot of people don't remember that started as a series of commercials, right? Yep. Of, was it Briar's ice cream or was it, was, it uh, Bright's ice cream? No, it's just Sprite. The soda. What? Sprite. Oh, was it a Sprite commercial? Jeez, I, I don't remember that. But it was all POV of just Ernest, and he was hassling his neighbor Vern. And that's why, if you go back yeah. to like Ernest saves Christmas and Ernest goes to camp, there's a scene. I think in each of them where it just switches to this POV as if you were Vern, and it's like his big line was like, "You know what I mean, Vern? Know what I mean? Hey, Vern!" And he's just like bothering his neighbor and being obnoxious. Yeah, that was the whole thing. He comes to a home, he wrecks everything, and then he just takes off and leaves. Yeah. Like, Ernest, you asshole. (laughs) You come into my home, mess up my house, wake up my wife and kids, you fucking asshole. All right, get the hell out of here. Wow, we touched a a nerve with Vern. There's so many times that asshole Ernest comes to my house, he wrecks shit, and then he gets credit for it. And I'm just some some chump. Yeah, anything back, you know. And here I am. I'm trying to take videos of my house, and here comes this asshole just coming in there. And you know what, Ernest? I do not know what you mean. All right, I don't know what you mean. I stop that shit. I was explaining to her that Ernest Scared Stupid was like right at the it, it, maybe it's hard to tell, but it was right at the point where the Ernest bubble was bursting. They thought they could make like I, then there was Ernest goes to jail where he has like a an evil 
doppelganger who's a guy who escapes from jail and frames him for being it's essentially the the plot of Muppets Most Wanted but it was made way before um, I think about that that's amazing <laughs> and, and so uh, you know yeah which I guess both are really based off of the man in the iron mask let's be honest you know everything is taken from another movie everything you love is taken from some of those you love speaking about Muppets go back to an early episode of Cinema Recall where me and Chris talked all things Muppets it was nice. a lot of fun. We talked about our favorite Muppet songs and Muppet movies. Um, are any of you going to be watching the new uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus? I watched the preview. Oh, yeah, it looks amazing. Comes out. Sure. Yeah. I really want to interview Yvette, Yvette, Yvette Nicole Brown from uh, Communities in it. So oh, she's okay. on a, I'm trying to get to her right now if anyone out there can help me. I've already put the word out. Okay. Well, if she's listening. Was, yeah. I've, I've, I know I've enough people who know her from like I'm, I have a lot of friends who are host community podcast and the community community podcast community that's a lot of word um, a lot of the cast and crew uh, and writers all go on them so like I have nice. like Alex from six seasons in a podcast like he's interviewed Ken Jong and he's like they're fr- he's like internet friends wow. to Ken Jong it's like uh, he's like actually famous. This is one of the things that Chris, yeah. you're very good at, which is the the networking and the guest getting as far as getting into yeah, I think we should talk about some more professionals. This, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. I need this, Chris. That's you, right you, here. you got like good celebrities on yeah, this whole thing. I mean, you've done like some amazing work on this. How do you how do you get these guests on the show? I'm sure listeners let know how you get. Yeah, do you, well, do you, you can hire me at. I will take your money and uh, tell you. No, I'm just kidding. I'll tell you all for free as well. Uh, but but the fun thing out there, I actually um, I just booked my first consulting job um, as well, so I'm starting to move into that way. Um, man, I don't know. I think I always my my first my first step is I always do the uh, six steps of Kev, of Kevin Bacon, and I'm like, who do I know who knows this person? And I try to kind of work my way into the radar that way, and then. Um, I don't know. I've gotten very fortunate over the years because I almost never go through PR people. I've gotten so I've, I've like actually had, I usually get shot down by those people. Uh, sometimes it's luck. Sometimes I, sometimes I think it's a numbers game. You ask a hundred people, but if one person says yes, no one knows about the other 99. But no, there's a, yeah. I think there's more to it. I think a lot of it, definitely a learning curve. I've learned, I think, you know, guests beget guests. Like I definitely, you're right. I, I thank you both for those nice words. It really means a lot. It really truly does mean a lot. But like you know, I my my first guest was my father-in-law, so I, I didn't come out of the gate swinging. Like I'm too, I'm like eight years in of uh, but I I I I don't know. I just very, I don't know why. Do you ever? I don't know if you, anyone else notices, but sometimes I'll just notice like someone on Twitter. I'm like, I don't know why they were responding to me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep talking in that to them as long as they do. Do you? How much do you think? Uh, how much do you value going through celebrities' uh, trash cans when they're? Oh, well, that's uh, been super uh, helpful. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, one of the biggest guests I ever got was Chris Gethard, and it was such a weird way. Um, him and I are both a part of this. He, he has a fake name profile, which I uh, we're both in a Facebook group dedicated to New Jersey pop punk, and um, I I saw he was in the group. I didn't say anything to him on it. I was just respectful. I watched for a couple of years. And then one day I saw he posted about his new uh, passion project. And then, um, uh, so I hit him up. Uh, do you guys know David, the producer from Unwritable Rant? Yes. Uh, yeah, we're like Facebook friends. Yeah. yeah, he's he's like my mentor. He, back in the day, had made a video 
of how they book other celebrities of how to like interact with PR people. So that stuff has been super helpful as well. Um, sometimes if I'm lucky, someone now I get, I'm at a level where people at a point where people request sometimes is always nice. Um, yeah, I, I, it, but all truthfulness, if anyone wants to talk about this stuff off mic, hit me up. I will talk for hours because I have a whole system in place. I have lists. I, I save contacts. I, I have so many, I think one of the biggest rules for anyone listening is also being super respectful of people's privacy. So like sure. if, even though I have Chris Grethard's email, I'm not going to give it to anyone without his permission, you know, yeah. like stuff like, like that. Cause I, I run into that where people aren't cool. Like, you know, you gotta be like super respectful with that stuff. But I, I, I somehow I got my hands on this thing called the blacklist that was going around. Um, and somebody in Hollywood made a Google drive for like, and it's just all black actors, all people of color and black, oh, the rainbow list. And I don't know how, but somehow I got added to that list and saved it. And I've never, I've used it a ton, but I've never like shared it, you know, just was right. always respectful with it. I don't ever like, um, off, off mic, I will, I will gladly send that to you guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah. yeah. You might want to edit that part out. Um, <laughs> I, 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 but yeah, I don't know. I think yes, it's it's what's, sometimes what's I think booking guests on shows can work for some shows and not for others. See, I'm still trying to find like a niche market. Like most of my audiences have to do with like cult and like weird type of movies, and so that's the type of people or the celebrities I want to have on my show. Yeah. I would love to have like Darcy and Joe Bob from the last drive-in. To I be bet you could. Show. I did like Felicia Rose to be on my podcast. Just have them do like a quick little moments. I would love to have like, you know, Darcy from that show act out a scene from Scream because she loves that. Movie. Yeah. I think so, that's or, the key, right? Start small. Like guests beget guests. So like, you know, I have, uh, I, the, 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 like one of the first Nick, name quotes guest i had on was my friend john who played in a band called folly you know not big but in a super hyper niche community they're a name so like you know niche like every every celebrity i've had on is only a celebrity in their little world like outside of maybe a couple people except a couple people i guess rahul coley might be the only one who's be, like since then has gone to like actual celebrity status so like yeah, my, my personal theory is if I can get a message to someone and I can add three names that they recognize, then I have a chance. So, like, if, I, if I'm going to email, like, um, Yvette Nicole Brown, I could be like, all right, I've had three people on that I know you know. I'm also a really good stalker, like, to be honest. I, uh, <laughs> I go on websites. I follow people on social media. I, I hunt. I'm, like, kind of sometimes with certain guests. Like, I wanted to have Benny Horowitz on from uh, the Gaslight Anthem and going off track for about five years. And I fucking stalked that motherfucker. I waited. <laughs> I followed everything. We have a bunch of mutual friends. And just by happen, and sometimes it's happenstance. My good friend Dan Shields, who's actually in my wedding, was the merch guy for the Scandals who went on tour with Gaslight Anthem. So I was like, Dan, you've got to help me out. Can you please get a message to me, to him? So I could like, so I saw his DMs were open. Like, hey, Benny, blah, blah, blah. I, I've had on these people. And you know Sean Connery and you know Matt and you know Dan and, I don't know if that's works, but sometimes that's how I always think of it. Like pick the guest you want, find three people that you know that they know and try to get those three people and work your way up. Did you just say you had Sean Connery on your, did you just imply yeah, you had Sean Connery? Nice. Yep. Yeah. 
Up yours, Trebek. It's like, well, this is like the uh, two truths and a lie. Then you put you, right. you say two that you've had. I know. No, but I, I, you know, but you guys, I'm such a fan of both of your shows for as well too. Like Vern, you've been pumping oh. up content left and right. Yes, it's it's been the, the all cool sound is, effects and stuff you've been added into it. Like I was listening to our Norm McDonald episode. I was like, I felt like Homer Simpson. Like I didn't say that. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember Norm McDonald's voice. And when we talked, I'm like, oh, it's called editing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, that's been kind of fun too because doing Cinema Recall has led for me to edit for other programs. I've edited episodes of Let's Chat Live. I've done episodes of Real Spoilers. Um, Forza Crowd, which is an audio sitcom, and that's going to be coming back hopefully in October sometime. And then I just started uh, editing for a new show that I'm totally just like blanking on right now. But yeah, it's been it's been good. All three of us kind of did the same thing. We're like, because there's like four ways you can usually profit for your podcast. But it seems like all three of us kind of went in the direction of like, let's make the the podcast our microphone so that we can go take that and go work elsewhere. Like, you know, Dwight and I and Bree worked on a um, production for uh, uh, George Floyd's uncle for a while. That that uh, an unproduced project that ended up not happening. But that was like, you know, Dwight has a fucking production company. It's actually called a fucking production company. Weird name, but. What are you gonna do? <laughs> That's, That's the good. edgy name. Yeah, it depends on the audience, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I found the show here. It's called Crooked Table Productions. They do shows like Close Watch and Franchise Detours. Uh, but yeah, I got contacted through them from the um, Kevin R. Brackett from Real Spoilers, mm-hmm. and then another person that I haven't even heard of before, but this show called Binge Movies. I heard my episode. It's like, hey, the Ferns a good editor, and then Kevin came on. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, this other guy was looking for an editor, and it's all been just kind of like great word of mouth. And that's kind of I, yeah, that's where I'm at. Just because of timing too, because like I don't, we all have day jobs, and Dwight uh, yeah. and I have kids, so like I can't take on much. But like, I got really fortunate where a company found me and offered me a position that I wasn't looking for, and I went, oh, that's amazing, okay, uh, yeah. Well, I, I know this. So, some years back, uh, Raz had messaged me on Facebook. They were, this is Rhode Island, they're in Rhode Island. They were doing a podcast, and I don't remember what. But I remember him just asking me some questions, and I was just being like, just being friendly. And I think he said like, I, he I, I was just someone he kept in his back of his head for a few years that I never knew about because like, and then when they needed somebody, I was on his list. And I I really think too though, Dwight, uh, when we started working with uh, so and. Uh, that was like they, they say if you want to do something the first thing you do you just have to say it out loud so i think between that and then me constantly yeah. posting that i was working on other projects probably like probably sparked something to them so like like you know if you want to be an editor like Vern, i know when you said you wanted to edit it's like well no it just just say it out loud and tell people and then the work the will thing, follow. I, yeah i'm a big fan of that philosophy where they say you start saying yes to something right when yeah so when you you're because you, if you're around in an industry and you i also think it's good to hang out with people who are good at what you want to be better at sure. um and yeah and, you surround yourself with better people i would argue yeah. that brie is like better at everything than i am and that's why oh. i stole her as soon as i could <laughs> yeah yeah, well, yeah. Can we spend a minute can we spend a minute just talking her up in case she ever hears this? No, I'm just kidding. Because uh, we love, I didn't, she couldn't make it today because of her job. 
I, we I could. Uh, she can make it a ringtone. Yeah. Cool. She can make it a yeah, ringtone. You know, both of your one sheets. Did that must have felt so good for both of you when she did your one sheet? Because like, I was like, oh, oh my god, you guys have much bigger shows than I realized. Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah, was yeah. It's really nice amazing. to see that go together. Right. Exactly. We're like, see, they, we're like in the, be, because of Bree, my numbers have increased. Mm-hmm. Because of the work that she's done, and I owe her immensely. Um, I, I help. I did help pay for that one sheet, but I don't think I gave her enough money as I should, and I need to. She undercharged. No, I swear. He's one of those people who's like one of those assholes who's like beautiful on the inside and out, and you kind of want to hate her, but she's just like pure goodness on the inside. Oh, her her episode. Talk, that talk she, more about why you hate her, Chris. Uh, yeah, she's. Let's see go you next. And- yeah, well, it's just she's like so nice, and she gives a shit about people, and is and will sacrifice. Is she gonna be in Rhode Island with us? I don't know. I actually haven't talked to her a little bit. I know her um, personal life, like you know, she had to move and get a full time job and her kids, so she's been a little busy with that stuff. I hope she comes. I would. Sure. I've never met her in real life. Oh, I would. Okay. I'm afraid to though, because she's probably taller than me, which is why I learned. I'm not tall, and I always get that from everyone we meet. They're like, "Oh, I'm like I know." Dude, she's gonna right. kick your ass. She probably could. <laughs> oh, she definitely could. Yeah, for all of us, all three of us at once. That's she seems right. like the scrap. She Tough. seems sweet. She'd probably go for the balls, right? Probably. <laughs> I don't think she. You've got I a whole. Room- you have a whole like fan fiction around Bree that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, but like she strikes me as the type like. Like, uh, like she has short man syndrome, like she's really nice. But if you cross her to a certain point, like she doesn't have that, like step back or else I'm going to hit you. I, I don't think she has that. I think she goes, do, 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 murder. <laughs> she's a fighter. Like, I, from the, I will uh, like, say this, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't know about uh, all, all of those, but I, I do. She does strike me as someone who would, you know, boy, I can't imagine what it would take for her to cross that line. But, you know, I bet if she did, especially in defense of uh, somebody she loves, you'd be done yeah she yeah she's told me some stories where like uh someone was trying to start something with with a person she was helping with, with um, some addiction issues and they were trying to at a gas station on a road trip and she uh mouthed off to someone who, like four times her size and got them to walk away jeez <laughs> yeah she's I'm not surprised company. yeah oh. i yeah, she's not like a secret life. I've I've been learning. I know pieces of her history, and we're gonna do a podcast about it. Uh, but yeah, once you hear about her backstory, like I can see why you're tough as nails. That is that is tough as hell. Um, I, I got into a little uh, confrontation this last weekend. If I could share, now did Bree. you fight? Oh, oh. no, no, I would I would dare not fight Bree. So no. so is you know, hold on is the story is the story that you were at a gas station and this uh, woman came up to you while you were hassling someone and she was like a fourth your size because it could be Bree. It's the other side of the story now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, just kidding. I, I, Go I, for it. Go for it. I was at a bar last weekend with one of my good friends who's going to be coming with me to Rhode Island, and there was this guy directly talking to this table of girls there. And he's jerkily trying to hit on them, and they have like no interest whatsoever in this guy at all. And I, I casually walk over there and I ask, "Hey, do you know this guy?" And they said, "No, not at all." And I asked the guy, "Like, do you know these girls?" It's like, "Yeah, fuck off, man. I'm working here." I'm like, "Okay, what are the names?" It's like, "Get away from me. I'm gonna kick your ass." And so I just stood there and I just says, "Just please, just go away." 
eventually the bartender and another guy, like one of the boyfriends came and took the guy out of the bar. But I was like, why are you doing this? man, You're standing up for people, you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know who that is, that kind of guy, that's the kind of guy that that kind of guy claims don't exist. Right. That's exactly the type of guy who would say that people like him aren't real. Like, Oh, come on. It's not that bad for women. It's like, no dude, you're the guy. So that guy, so that person thinks that the moon landing is fake, right? (laughs) But the weird thing is afterwards, I told my friends about this and they're like, so did you get their numbers? And I'm like, that wasn't the thing I was going for. So then did you start harassing them after the other guy was out of the way? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what exactly your friends what I did. Yeah. That was so cool of you to stand up for those chicks. Did you sexually harass them? Yeah, but yeah <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I did some yeah, I did some human courtesy. Now you have to sex with me. me. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna do that fucking bullshit. Yeah, I just think that uh there's been like this stigma about how men and women are supposed to act around each other oh, like, yeah. and have to be like this macho type of persona and fight things or just jealous. Sorry, I'm kind of oh. talking off topic here. I just, yeah. No, 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 this you know, I think we brief, may have, st- yeah, we, we straight away from the, the laser tight theme that we had. Is- <laughs> no, we talked about stuff. I'm like, you know, we were talking about Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage and that was it. By the way, really I'd like to know, did we, did we finish any thread that we started? That's the other thing that we have to track. <laughs> no, we, well, okay. We know that Nick Cage is part of a multiverse. That's, That's true. We got that. We got that going for us. All right. The cage reverse. We talked about that. Because he, uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I got it. I got it. I got we the never did fit, We never did fit Captain Corelli's mandolin any. But anyway, uh, go ahead. So we have to call it the cage. It's it's the cage. We had to do the multiverse for the for the cage reverse because no cage can hold Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, and then the sequel. Uh, the sequel when they all meet each other is called uh, Cage Match. Could we make a movie called Can't Be Caged? <laughs> we should start a separate podcast where we just come up with uh, different ideas for movies, uh, out of movies they like to see. Like, the one I always use is in Spider-Man um, Far From Home. The scene right before he tells Zendaya that he's Spider-Man, they walk for about 30 seconds and it looks like midnight in Paris. I want oh. everything stripped away and I just want a two-hour movie of Zendaya and Peter Parker, no superhero stuff, just having a romantic date in, uh, in Prague. That's all I want. Yeah. Sort of like, like before, before, yeah, before Sunrise, Sunrise, like that whole Ethan Hawke trilogy, like before Sunrise. Yeah, exactly. Sunrise. But I just want to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like yeah, it. But, yeah. but, no, I just, but I want it to be Peter Parker Spider-Man and, MJ. And, and MJ. That's dope. I like that. I like but, you that. Know, I, maybe I, those I two should it. reboot that movie because that, God, they are. You know, I know I'm old because when I look at them, I'm not like, oh, look at those sexy people. I'm like, Oh, they're so cute. Like, they look like kids to me. Like when I when I heard they were dating and I saw, I, I was looking at them as a, like the way my mom and grandma watched me go to prom. Well, I, I and mean, also, I mean, because Zendaya, because I was already an adult when she was in like teenage uh, that te- that show that she what what show was that? Uh, dance. I never heard of her. Um, dance. She was on it as a Disney like tween show that my daughter. Yeah. Was, uh, so you no, not so you think you can dance? What is it called? Wait. So uh, Tom Holland and Zendaya are dating. Yeah, isn't that cute? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cute. It's, yeah, uh, they had a wedding. They were just had a wedding together, and they're, they're, honestly, they're the cutest couple you've ever. It's like watching. It's, I felt like my parents watching me go to prom. Like I don't have that. Like, oh man, I want to watch them. Fuck. It's like, oh, they hold hands and kiss. You know, like I, I, I don't, I don't find them like 
sexually attracted. They they look like children to me. Right. That's funny. I'm not that attracted to children. I don't know if I have to say that, but I just want to clear the air. You know, it never it's hurts labor. to put it out there. Well, yeah, uh, isn't, like, isn't like uh, Tom Holland is in his like late twenties and he, he looks like twenty five. I don't know. I thought Zendaya was young. Like I just watched. I'm watching Murders Only Murders in the building, and it's the first time I've like, like Selena Gomez looks like an adult to me. I'm like, oh, she's hot. But like before that, I always thought she looked like a kid. She's shake really it shake it out. By the way, it's called Shake It Up. That was the name uh, of the show Zendaya was in when she was younger. It was a Disney Channel, one of those Disney yeah. Channel shows, like The Sweet Life. She's a good Disney. actor. One of those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she's good. Could we have a Zendaya verse? Sure. I mean, eventually, I'm sure. Great, because she's MJ. She's in The Greatest Showman, um, which uh, you know you tie that in with Hugh Grant. That's another Marvel tie-in. There and he's going to be Wolverine again, probably. Some like at yeah. least at some level. He's too old, though. I think. Yeah, but they could do like a, a multiverse, or they could have like a, a flashback. Like they'll find a way to bring Hugh. I liked. Huge uh, I okay. liked uh, my two favorite. Uh, my two favorite Hugh Jackman Wolverine things are Logan, yes. and even though I didn't really like the X Men First Class movie, I didn't really it didn't do anything for me. I did like his cameo. Yes, his it. cameo was the best. Yeah. What about so Deadpool? Cool. Go back to like Selena Gomez and Zendaya. Selena Gomez is 30. Mm-hmm. Zendaya is like 25. So so you don't yeah. have to feel bad, Chris, yeah. if, if you're attracted to No, Selena I don't feel bad. But Zendaya looks like a kid. Like, she looks very young. Yeah. So that means that, boy, the future's going to be great because I am, you know, I'm almost going to be 50 soon. So, hell, if that act didn't look good with being almost 50, yeah. this would be great. I've always kind of been creeped out about that. I've never been like, so the Olsen twins went to Choate, which is like where I'm from in um, Wallingford, Connecticut. I'm from Meriden. But like, I remember there was like a countdown to when they turned 18. Oh, that was gross. That was so creepy. Like, guys, that's, A, you're not going to have sex with them ever. And B, like, you know, like, I saw. I love the, uh, I love the dudes like, yes, that's the reason that you, you've never met and, and courted the Olsen twins because of their age. Dave uh, Dave Goulier, who played Uncle Joey on Full House, I have to. I mean, I say that as if any of us don't know, but uh, I saw Dave Goulier on some reality show several years ago. I don't even remember which one it was. It was some celebrity for charity thing of celebrities who weren't really doing much at the time. Anyway, but one of the I just remember one of the other contestants was like, "Oh, hey, you worked with the Olsen twins," and this was when they were kind of big as 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 like 20 somethings i'm gonna say you know mostly they were big because people remembered them as babies so this guy's like saying to him like oh you work with the olsen twins on full house he's like well yeah of course and the guy's like they're hot right and and like he got like offended and he was like look he's like don't say that to me he's like i knew these when these i knew these two girls when they were babies he's like they're like sort of like adopted daughters to me. I mean, we're great friends. And I'm like the, he's like, it's just gross that you would say to me, they're hot, you know? That, um, I know. So. It's so weird. And, and people, especially dudes get so weird. And you know, you can always tell who's in an unhappy relationship. Like I saw a bunch of people, a fr- old friends recent over the weekend and the people who are unhappy in the marriage were still like checking out chicks and, and therefore I'm like, guys, I'm, I don't, what? Like I, yeah, I'm aware of people being hot. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I know this the hotties, but like, I don't need to be like almost. I'm 37. I don't need like my my, my friend to be like, yo yo check that out. Like, no. <laughs> Why? Like, yeah. 
I'm in a happy, I'm, I'm in a very happy marriage. Like I, I don't know what is wrong with you. Maybe you should, maybe you should, maybe you should go to therapy. Yeah. You didn't address it. Someone's like, good look or not. That's yeah, I'm not point. even against like noticing someone's hot, but like the whole like yeah. nudge your arm, like yo, look at that ass over there. I'm like, I'm not 17. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Check out the butt on that. Yeah, he must work out. <laughs> I, I do that. To, I, sometimes I screw with people like who I don't like who do that to me, and if I know they're like kind of homophobic, they go check her out. I'm like, oh yeah, he's pretty cute. No, 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 no. I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude. So that's your style. You like what, you like theirs? Probably. Like, it's so probably, fun. That's my, probably that's my sweet. favorite my favorite thing that ever happened to me in a gym in a in a uh, uh, workout gymnasium. No, there was a, a gold Brad. gym that I used to go to. I say used oh my to. God, what a brat session here! I know. I've been to one before. That's all I'm saying. Whoa, you know, Dwight Hurst, you guys, everyone. You guys can see me. You know how it is. Anyway, um, I uh, uh, not not for a long time, but uh, anyway, this one time I was walking into the men's locker slash bathroom whatever you know the the locker room and this guy was coming out and he almost ran into me you know and he just goes like oh excuse me babe and walks around me and i was like i got around the corner and in i was like did you just call me babe <laughs> i was like uh, and it was like one of my funnest experiences i was like I'll take oh, it cool yeah i don't know why and i don't know why you did it doesn't really matter no, you you did, did or didn't. it was just fun it was like i never got had someone say excuse me babe when they almost you should turn around there. Hey, look it's a dick but smaller <laughs> and then run. It's like what? It was you, fun. You gotta say thank you, Toots, or you know, uh, <laughs> turn around and say something. Yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of it's kind of like endearing something like that there too. Like even someone says to me, you know, guys, girls, it's like, hey, honey, uh, I had a situation once where I was at a restaurant with some friends, and a guy came up to me and he says, hey, you know, uh, I just want to say, uh, I think you're really cute. And I said to him, hey, look, buddy, I'm not gay, but that's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. Can I buy you a drink? Hmm. And I did. I bought and we had sex. Drink. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. And then he blew me. Oh, no, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I well, and I think we're, we're uh, you know, we're all of that generation to where we were raised in a world that expected us to really freak out and care. Uh, yeah. but, but our generation was hopefully, I mean, you were Gen X or ish, Chris, you might not, you might have missed the mark for Gen X. I don't know. Are you millennial? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. But still, uh, but still we were maybe the generation that we remember making those jokes about caring about having gay guys find us attractive and, but, but also young enough to not really, and to be the ones who've changed, I think around that. And then again, we're that age now where we're like anybody who finds us attractive. But it is interesting how little so talking kids, to me, thank you. it's funny because, you know, having seen that, I was I was actually talking to my daughter uh, about uh, Jim Carrey uh, because he was on, uh, you know, he's the villain on Sonic and she's like 15. And so I was trying to explain like, oh, he came. We we're talking about sketch comedy and like in living color and things. And I was trying to explain exactly why Ace Ventura was both really funny when it came out and deeply problematic. Uh, and, and how we didn't realize some of us didn't realize at the time how transphobic and all the problems it's like, but I was just thinking like, if she watched, she wouldn't make it through that. She'd be like, this is bullshit if she was to watch it and she'd be correct. But, um, anyway, just kind of interesting to see just in one like generational span, I know. you know, it's like, wow, that was considered funny. When it came out, although, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought he was kind of obnoxious. I, I, I really did laugh in the theater 
but never really watched it again. So, but I can't claim I, yeah, that, that was I was that enlightened favorite. back then. So, you know what? I yeah. always um, hate too. It's just like this, I, like the anti PC culture type people. It's like mm-hmm. this idea that comedy is supposed to age. Like, you know, not everything is going to be good in 20 years. That's, yeah. that's not how art works. Oh, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Com- comedy changes, comedy evolves. Yeah. Think about East Ventura. Yes, the thing that happens at the end does. I didn't even like it as a kid, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I just thought I just, he was too obnoxious for me. I was that's why yeah. I never saw the second one because I was like, I just, think yeah. I spent enough it, time with this character. <laughs> if you hated the first one, you definitely don't want to see the second one. The second one gets even more obnoxious. I own both of them on Laserdisc because I'm that type of nerd mm. that owns things. On yeah, man, you got a niche down well. Laserdisc, physical media at all, let alone Laserdisc. Wow. Oh, I own like a lot of like, that's Laserdisc. That's extra. Uh, <laughs> you don't turn it off, man. What's that? Do you know? Have you ever interviewed Taylor from Last Blockbuster? I should. You, he would be a good guest because he's way into all the like physical media and shit like that. Um, if you ever, I can introduce you to him. He's a friend. I can. Um, oh, and actually, that's before we we're talking about guests and how you get like big name guests. Here's the secret: you get someone before they get famous. <laughs> oh, you don't. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you interview someone because they made a, a very niche documentary about ska music, and then they turn around and release the last blockbuster, and you're like, "Oh wow, ah, I really yeah. lucked out on that one." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's. Well, that is, is that the way idea. you got? Although, no, he was probably already. You got Travis McElroy on quite a while ago too, and he's huge yeah, in the podcast first. That was. I feel bad because I didn't do anything for that. Um, I had gotten a shout out Mark Hershon, one of my, the, uh, he's a writer, uh, uh, he writes for, for about podcast reviews for Huffington Post and Vulture. So I got featured in Huffington Post and Vulture uh, with my one, an episode and the, my brother, my brother and me was in that same write up. And my mutual friend, Jacob Holler tweeted to Travis is like, Hey, you should be on Let's Chat. And I was like, Hey, yeah, man. And we knew a couple of the same people. Like he knew Ash. Uh, Blanchett. So I was like, yeah, we were both in the same. We, no, he did a tweet. He's like, I'm looking to go on all the podcasts. And so someone tweeted us. So I was like, yeah, we were both in the same art. We both got re- reference. I know Ash. And he said, yes. So that, but they got way bigger after that. Yeah. But yeah, that, and that was one I didn't do any work for. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, before you know. we, I got to kind of start wrapping it up, but I want to make sure we get to talk about both of your podcasts a little bit. Um, sure. Dwight, can you start us off and kind of give you like give us like your little elevator pitch for anyone who wants to listen to uh, Broken Brain? Sure thing. Yeah, the Broken Brain is a look at psychology and culture with the assumption that the world is uh, too interesting to be boring. That's the way that I try to look at it. When people can you put that on a shirt? I want that shirt. (laughs) That that would be a good shirt. That would be a good shirt. I'm gonna write that down. And then just have the like a brain logo or something. Yeah, yeah. I would buy that. That would be a good shirt. I I want I want this now. We should make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. When people ask me, that's actually my my thought process behind it's the broken brain because talk about psychology and mental illness. But also the deeper reason is it's sort of the next level after blow your mind, you know, blow your mind, break your brain and uh, find something interesting and have a lot of people on uh, who are researchers or psychologists. Also a lot of people who are immersed in culture and uh, Chris also, he's a class unto himself. Uh, will come on. Yeah, I, I, one of the things I'm going to criticize you. If, just because, um, I don't think you market the pop culture aspect of your podcast enough, to be honest, because people don't realize how funny Dwight is. 
<laughs> like you're a really just naturally yeah. funny person. It's like you're because like your podcast is not. I love it. It's not boring, and it's not like a, a boring psychological podcast. Like there's such a pop. Even when you're interviewing researchers, like you always, you always have the best quips. And my it's quips funny. Going to compliment you. No, it does. It, it's funny because the, it lands better with some than others. Uh, I've noticed there's some that uh, just just go right back, and it's really cool. And then oh, it's not the fun when you make a joke mm-hmm. and the silence. You're like, like okay, mm-hmm. it's going to be that kind of interview. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt yeah. your speech. Uh, no, your, no, your you're podcast good. is you're, great. I love yeah, it. And actually, and that's, something, that's something I do value about it. And I will say most people, I want to, I want to be fair to all my guests. Most people uh, in, in that field can give what they get to as far as that goes with jokes and stuff too. So I want to be fair to my guests because they're all probably listening. <laughs> no, they none of them listen to me probably. But anyway. And so Brian, tell us about cinema. Recall some cinema with us. <laughs> oh, okay. So as I mentioned, nice. Cinema Recall, we've gone through so many different seasons of Cinema Recall trying to find our right format for the show. We had seasons where we did like deep dives on movies. Um, like we did a deep dive on Barry Lyndon and Mulholland Drive. And then I've had shows where guests will just come on, just randomly talk about movies. But our newest season right now is we bring a guest on, they talk about a moment of a movie they really love, and then we're going to act it out. There's going to be sound effects and music added to that. Uh, that takes time to put together. It takes time to actually find guests. It takes time to actually do the episodes because I can only record either during the weekdays before I go to work or on the weekends. Uh, but so I apologize that we have guests scheduled, but they're not really scheduled till November. So there's going to be episodes up for Cinema Recall, but they may not be as often as I would like. But yeah, come check us out. If you love movies, we talked about a whole different types of movies from the uh, classics to the cult favorites to blockbusters to bargain bins. Just everything in between, and yeah, it's just been a a, a lot of fun. So, cinemarecall.net is the website. Find us there. Search us on your multi-universe spheres of fighting podcasts. <laughs> Cinema Recall, we're on there. I love to have both uh, you, Dwight, and you yeah. be on the show. That oh, would man. be amazing. I was just scrolling as you were talking. I was scrolling through your your podcast back episodes here, and I'm like, wow! And you, it's totally like you say. You've got like multiple episodes where you focus on the works of like De Palma, and then you've got them where you're just like talking about, uh, um, you know, some of the just kind of like you said, bargain bin or cult classics and things too. So I love it. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, I yeah. love that. I, thank you both so much. It's it's been fucking wonderful after all these years getting to just like have i don't know just all of a sudden we are like we're all part of the same like class of of this and you know we all god we got so lucky that we started in this industry when it was like kind of being built and like i don't know when, when we all started at least i kept hearing you're you sure missed a boat podcasting is over and to, to like you know we got to literally you know we, I, we had a very small piece but we got to help build the podcast especially the in the podcast industry and community and like and it's just cool to actually both get to call you friends and um yeah Vernon and I are gonna be going to Rhode Island Comic Con too so we're gonna get to meet in real life. Yes and like I like and for anyone who doesn't know like I think like for both of you I know like our pot our 
the Friendship is Evolved Past Just Podcast. Like, I know I've talked to both of you separately outside of the podcast world on the phone more than once about non-podcast things. Yeah. Like, just like friend yeah. friends. So it's yeah. it's really cool. And get to have yeah. you both all like be part of a Let's Chat Club. You. Really cool. Thank you, Chris. Thank, you too. Thank you, Dwight, for helping me out with the whole uh, podcast address group. Uh, I'm definitely going to be listening to your show as well. I never, Absolutely. I never listened to like mental health shows before. But it's a good I starting don't... point if that's not your world, because it's like you could have a PhD or you could just be someone who doesn't know anything about it. But it, Dwight walks that line of that perfect level where you don't have to have a master's degree to listen, and it's mm-hmm. it's not sad. And I guess sometimes people think that with mental health podcast, like, right. And Oh my God, I love your episode. It was semi recently. And you had the, the, the father, son who, uh, ketamine treatment. The, Oh yes. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. From the ketamine clinics in, in Los Angeles. That's absolutely. Yeah, right. I've I referred a lot of your, I've, I've put, if you see a lot of Rhode Island, Massachusetts downloads, I've, I've recommended your podcast in several IOP groups over the years. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. And Vernon, God, Please. Cinema Recall, killing it. I can't – and thank you for having me on for that Norm McDonald episode. That was oh. really special because I didn't realize how much of a special place in my life Norm had until he was gone. Well, here's another plug too, Chris, because on my episode I just released on Friday, which is the day we're recording, uh, I played your ad spot at the end of it. Oh, thank I you. For you. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, I got to jump off because I have to go grab – I have to run out the door to get Felicity from preschool. You better do that. This show is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Learn more about how we're helping podcasts to build conversation, connection, and community at letschatpodcast.net. Hello, potential listeners. My name is The Vern, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast. On most shows, myself, along with some great guests, we will talk about a movie and then some of the most iconic moments that happened in said movie. On top of that, you'll get bonus shows where I will give you short reviews about new and classic movies, or I'll just rant and rave about something going on in the entertainment industry. So come check us out. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, most other places. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook, Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, don't forget to email us your ad spots to play on future episodes. That email is cinemarecall at gmail.com. Hope to see you around, and thank you very much for listening.